Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Thursday morning. We are so glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate everybody uh, taking a minute out of their day to listen to us and making us a part of your morning, your afternoon, your evening, whenever it is you're catching up with me and Joel. One might say we tamper with their days, sort of. (laughs) Think that... Okay, continue. I, I didn't work that in as well as I'd hoped. Uh, we we hope we don't. We hope we we aren't tampering with anybody. We know tampering is bad. Nobody wants to be tampered with. I want to thank our listeners, our service men and women taking care of us out there, our medical personnel who are tampering with the coronavirus as we speak. We want to thank those guys very, very much for all they're doing for us. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House or Churn and Spoon and Churn. It's not just and or. It's not or. It's and. Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Churn and Spoon's going to be back up and running very, very soon. But for right now, I just want you to head over to Strange Brew. Get yourself an ice cold or piping hot beverage. Handcrafted by the breweristas over there who always deliver the best service in the city of Starkville. Service, it's not just service with a smile. It's service with a big smile. A hello, how are you? And it's it's genuine. They they, they make you feel at home at Strange Brew Coffee House. Literally, I pull up and they say, regular today? And most times it's Yes. Most of the time. Which uh, has become the albino squirrel. But I have also started to mix in the Maryland, thanks to uh, Hannah. The what? The Maryland. It's great. What is that? Thanks to my, my good friend Hannah over there. It's her, it's her favorite. Uh, is that, she, is she that Hannah Ellis? The other day. It is. Okay. And uh, she made me one the other day. It was outstanding, and I've now worked that into the mix. It is white chocolate. Okay. It is um, hazelnut. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that's that's albino squirrel. White chocolate and caramel. Okay. With a dash of sea salt. Oh. That's the Maryland. So it kind of combines my two favorite things. You got the albino squirrel, which has um, white chocolate in it. Mm-hmm. You got the caramel macchiato, which of course has caramel in it. Right. You combine it, you add a little sea salt, and you got the Maryland. There it is. And it's it's pretty perfect, i got to say. Well, there you go. Try that out. Uh, yeah, so... Tell them Joel T. sent you when you go try them. Is it the Maryland, like the state, or the Maryland, like, like Maryland a woman? Monroe. Okay, the Maryland Monroe. Okay, I got you. All right. Give it a try. Tell and, them Joel. And depending on which barista it is, if you tell them Joel T. sent you, they might they, they will actually know who Joel T. is. There you go. And some of them may be like, who? Yeah. Well, that's most people. That's, that's the newer ones. Yeah. Uh, our good friends over at College Corner, to my knowledge, they're still uh, trying to make your life a lot easier. They are they are setting you up for Easy Street for some brand new MSU merchandise. All you've got to do is go to their website at collegecornerstore.com and search for gift cards at the at the search bar there, and you're going to get 30% off your purchase. So $100 gift card, boom, it's only $70, which means a $70 polo, boom, you've paid for it, and you've still got $30 left over. You can't beat that deal. It's just not possible. So I would suggest while the getting's good, you get on over to collegecornerstore.com and make make this purchase for yourself. All right, everybody needs some new stuff for the uh, for football season, which is if you see the news of today, is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I feel confident. So why not go ahead and get yourself decked out in maroon and white at College Corner? Our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems want you to know, whether you're bringing your employees back or whether you're keeping them at home, whatever your service needs are, they can help you out. And that's because they've got 45 years of experience here in the Magnolia State. They are the definition of buy local and be local. If you've got employees at home and you need to get some devices into their hands, they can set that up for you. If you want to bring them back and you think, hey, now's the time for us to do an upgrade. We need to get some new copiers, new phone systems. Our document management software is a little outdated. Advantage Business Systems can make that happen for you. Whatever your business is, Advantage Business Systems can help you. So give them a call, 844-833-6245, or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. 
Speaking of gift cards, by the way, you yeah. mentioned that a while ago. Yeah. I think you've got one at Strange Brew. I got a Some, gift card? Uh, or, or maybe it's a brew at Ford. Okay. I have a, I, I think it, before we went into quarantine, I think I had like three or four brew at Ford. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just leftover ones. I just know they told me out the window the other day because they looked to see if I had any in there. Yeah. I did not. Mm-hmm. So just, just saying. If anybody, no, no, I'm just kidding. But no, they said that. Now, uh, why don't you go pandering? I didn't even that. ask if I had one in there. They, they just kind of sometimes look and when I go through I the drive through. Okay. They said uh, that I did not have any, but you had some. Well, I'll tell you what. I should have told him and said, hey, well, I'm using Brian. Yeah, exactly. You should have just gone with that. So. Uh, and my wife's at home working, so she makes her own coffee now. It's not It's not that. Well, if she ever wants to drive through Strange Brew, mm-hmm. I think she has full right to say, I'm using Brian Haydad. She does, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. So. All right. Uh, let's talk about this NCA stuff real quick before we get into uh, the what ifs. And uh, we'll wrap up the greatest Bulldog bracket uh, which became the greatest bulldog dacket today, as we as we probably expected that it would. Uh, but the NCAA stuff is, is interesting to me. Two big proclamations by the NCAA. Uh, one, that June 1st, football, men's, and women's basketball can return to voluntary workouts. Now, there's a ton of uh, rules and regulations and what they're going to be allowed to do and all this. Well, but, first off, for the SEC, they got to vote that that's okay. But they're Friday, going. But to. I think they're going. They're to. going. I mean, they're, they're not going. They're, they're, they want to get. They would do it quicker if they could. Yeah. Things are starting to get into motion. I. I today was the first day. I, I, I've sort of been having some false bravado here about how confident I was, but today for sure I feel really good that I don't know if there's going to have a full stadium. I don't know there'll be a, a, anybody in the stands, but I believe Mississippi State and New Mexico are playing the first weekend of September. Certainly starting to seem more and more likely uh, with every single passing day. There was a time a couple months ago where I felt pretty confident, like there's no way they're going to start a season on time. Like I don't know if I ever said that on this show, but now I'm at the point where it certainly looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, and and by it's going to happen, I don't mean it's going to happen starting in the middle. It certainly looks like in September, some way, some shape, some form, some somehow, football is going to be played. And yeah, it's a humongous step. It's going to be a phased deal. I don't know if you uh, shout out to uh, <clears throat> my coworker at Sports Illustrated, Ross Dellinger, <laughs> um, who wrote a story a couple days ago, and he actually quoted Mississippi State's Mary McClendon yeah. in it, um, trainer over here. And uh, she said, basically, that for the first couple of weeks, they're not even going to pick up a football. Can't throw a football back and forth to each other. It's kind of going to be a phased deal yeah. uh, when, when this all kicks in. But as of today, they said June 1st, they can at least come back. Yeah, And, I mean, you had to have that first step. And that's what happened. And it's a little bit of a... I don't even want to call it a baby step because it's a big step to, yeah, to say people can come back. And I agree. I think we can all kind of really – we've all been looking for some light at the end of that tunnel. There there have been some moments over the course of the last couple of weeks, if you've been keeping up with like what Major League Baseball has been doing and stuff, where you could say, I think I do see some light. Mm-hmm. To me today, that's absolutely light I see at the end of the tunnel there. It, or it sure looks like it. I agree. I agree with you 100%. So that's good news for Mississippi State. Bad news. I don't know if it's bad news or not, but the uh, the decision, the the idea that the one the uh, once one year exception for transfers you could be immediately eligible. Be immediately that has been tabled and will not be voted upon until January of twenty twenty one. So I think that's a now that does not include spring sport athletes this year. They were given a one time exception to that rule. So, for example, uh, the kid transferring from Jacksonville State, I think he's a grad grad, grad uh, transfer anyway. But if he wasn't, he would be eligible. Anybody who transfers this year is eligible. Uh, but going into like football, and more importantly, I think for Mississippi State men's basketball, there aren't going to be no one-year transfers available to them. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a little bit of a down note for MSU because I think men's basketball would have brought in another guy by now. I know the kid Trey Jackson who ended up signing with Seton Hall they they were very high on him until it became sort of obvious that, that that this rule might not pass and he would not be eligible next year. I, I still would have brought him in myself, but regardless of that, I'm a favor. I'm a fan of this rule. Uh, I, I saw an interesting. Uh, uh, I don't know how to put a comparison. Basically, you know, CEOs of companies get paid millions of dollars, right? 
and something changes on them, nobody says they feel bad for the CEO, right? Yeah. They just, we got to make it work, change your business. But coaches make tens of millions of dollars, and we're worried about how making their job harder. I don't care that, that Mike Leach, Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban's job is harder. They make $5 million a year. Their job can be a little harder. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I also don't believe the idea that Alabama is just going to start poaching players out of Mississippi State. I think, if anything, it's going to be the other way around. I think a lot of your guys who are stuck on the bench at Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, and so on, will start looking for other opportunities. And I'm not a coach, so maybe that's why I can say this. So I don't know if flippantly is the right word, but I just think that if you know James, the accounting student, isn't happy where he's at and he right. wants to transfer to another accounting school, he can do it. No problem. So how come somebody, if these are student athletes, student being first, or what, and they want to go somewhere where they will be happier, yeah, why not? I mean, why, you're, why you're preaching to the choir at that point on this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't have an issue with it. And I, like I said, I don't... And if you want to make the case and say, well, you know, they, they play sports there, so it is a little bit different. Okay, well, I thought we're all amateurs here yeah. right now. You know, if, if we start paying these kids, then there's, maybe you got a little there, more of There's a, a lot of... Uh, Hypocrisy is a, a strong word, but there's a lot of double talk with this stuff. And, you know, yeah. I, I tend to just buy into the idea that I think people say, oh, this will be the death of group of five. That's, you still can only have 85 guys on scholarship. It's not like they can just, you know, Alabama can just go and pick and choose 25 new guys. Okay, well, they could, but then they can't sign any high school guys that year. You know, or they're going to have to cut 25 guys that they have, which means those guys are free to go wherever they want. So it's, 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 not, gonna, it's not this huge thing that people are making up. Yeah, is it going to be difficult for coaches? Sure. But coaches get paid millions of dollars, all right? Suck it up. Suck it up, Buttercup. That's how it's going to have to be. Speaking of coaches get paid millions of dollars, one will be on Thunder and Lightning tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a separate podcast of this. It will not be part of a, the regular Thunder and Lightning. Tomorrow, our Friday show will be our deep dive. But we will talk to Coach Mike Leach. 11.30 a.m. tomorrow is the time that we have uh, set up for that. As soon as we're done with that, I'll put it together and we'll have it up for your listening pleasure. And... We're, so you should have it at the very latest for your evening commute. Yeah. And here's what I'm going to say about that interview. And Joel, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not, but I hope you will because because I'm running this show. I agree. You you drive this. That's right. I, I'm just riding shotgun. <laughs> I feel like the quirky stuff has been done to death with Mike Leach. Amen. I feel like it's just everywhere you go, like, oh, the pirate thing, and oh, you're watching Tiger King, huh? And you, there's a there's a hundred places you can go find that stuff. We're talking about football. I got some football questions I want to ask. Me too. So that's what we're going to talk about with Mike Leach. So if you're tuning in to listen to Mike Leach and you want to hear him, you know, relive the uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, I can't um, help you with it. Yeah, or, or re-rank the the mascots. Yeah, the, yeah, or you know, happening. you know. Cosby Show well, Battle Royal. I, I guess we should stop short of saying it's not going to happen because he may yeah, go on a tangent and just do it. He but. may go on that tangent, but it won't be from our... He will be on a tangent. He won't just be from us asking the question. So tomorrow, around noon probably, uh, Mike Leach joins Joel and I for a special uh, Thunder and Lightning exclusive. All right. Let's move on into our what-ifs. That's today's topic, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who want you to know that this weekend... You know, you could be grilling big time meat, steaks, ribs, burgers. You could you could be eating good. All you got to do is give them a call at 662-418-2021 or go online at facebook.com slash welcome home beef and they'll get everything set up. Don't forget, they can ship just about anywhere in the world. If you're listening right now in Indonesia, first off, thank you. Thank you for listening to us. And I, I would love to know what time it is right there. They speak English in Indonesia? Well, I guess you could speak English and just be in Indonesia. So there's that. I'm going to go out on a real limb here. That anybody who's a Mississippi State fan listening to our podcast at least speaks English as a second language. I don't think there's just a random pocket of MSU fans that are native Indonesians that never went to Mississippi State. (laughs) Call me crazy. I mean, cowbell sounds the same in any language. So You're not wrong. You're not wrong. However, but they can ship to Indonesia, I think. Pretty sure they can. So, so give them a call today. 
If not, you should call them and see if they can ship yeah, at least, to Indonesia. At least ask. Hey, you shipped to Indonesia? There might be some there might be some extra fees, you know. Shipping shipping and handling not included in the price. So. I know this. I, you're not to my line yet, but if they can get it to you, mm-hmm. it'll just taste good when it gets there. That's all you need to know. So again, 662-418-2021 or go to Facebook.com slash welcome home beef and you could be enjoying the best steaks, the best roasts, the best burgers that money can buy. So here's what I wanted to do with this what if thing. I felt like I felt like the two of them were too easy. I felt like Well that's on you because you thought them up. No, no, no. Not oh. the ones we're using. Okay. So I had two that I thought of, and I was like, these are too easy. One is, what if a foul gets called in the uh, the 2018 Women's National Championship game when Morgan William is cross-body blocked like Ricky Steamboat coming off the top rope? Because <laughs> what happens if a foul call? Well, they go to the free throw line, they hit the free throws, and they win the game. Yep. The game's over. State wins the national championship. That one's too easy. And then the obvious, the biggest what if for me is the Cam Newton one. What if Cam Newton comes to Mississippi State? I don't know if State wins the national title, but they're they're in the mix, right? For sure. Yep. So, but I felt like that's just it's too obvious. So, uh, so I didn't go with it, and I approved. So if they're mad at you, then yeah. they're mad at me. There you go. They got to deal with both of us. Well, there you go. Uh, so I got four. We we have four: two football, a men's basketball, and a baseball. Which one do you want to start with? I'll let you you pick the sport. Um, we got two football. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's sandwich them. All right. Let, let's start there and end there. Okay. I didn't really have a good Mullen one for this. I didn't have one that just like one game, one moment just stood out to me. The closest thing we came up with was the 2012 Egg Bowl. What happens if State just goes up there and beats Ole Miss? Yeah, you know, is Ole Miss, But we came to the conclusion that affects Ole Miss more because it becomes: Do they still sign that recruiting? Now they probably do because, you know. But at the same time, it's a lot harder to explain away. You know, they were saying, "Well, they were they first year he won seven games with that roster. He's obviously a good young coach. They got an exciting program. They're coming up." You can sell that. Yeah. It's tougher to sell with, oh, they're five and seven and they didn't go to a bowl game. But regardless, that's more Ole Miss than State, I think. I mean, all it is with State is you're nine and three and it's great. But at the same time, you know. Yep. So we're going to start in 1999. What happens if Pig Prather's punt return against Alabama is not called back? If, in case you're not familiar with it, 1999, Mississippi State undefeated, ranked number seven in the nation, heads to Tuscaloosa. If they win this game, they win the SEC. As simple as that. They would they would they would have been the SEC champ, the SEC West, SEC champion, West yeah. champions for the second straight year. Uh, close back and forth game in the second quarter, I believe. Pig Prather busts a long punt return down to the Alabama one yard line, which is called back on a holding penalty. On Monday, the SEC sends a letter to Mississippi State saying they blew the call. What does that mean? means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things, obviously. But what happens there? Now, it's safe to say the State was not a very good offensive team that year. They were the best defensive team in the country. Offensively, they weren't very good. They only scored seven points in this game. But I tend to think that on the one-yard line, someone between DeCenzo Miller and Dante Walker and, and all those guys, and Wayne Mack can sneak it in, that they score, and it's a different game. And then you're the SEC West champions for the second for the second straight year. year. Does the season change any beyond this game? You know, the next week you went up to Arkansas and sort of the same deal. You, you got behind, you had some penalties that were a little questionable, and then you lose in the, in, the, in the final moments. I don't know if that's the case. I think if you beat Alabama, I think it becomes an idea of they could win the national title. Yeah. Now they probably weren't going to. Imagine, by the way an undefeated SEC champion not playing for the national title. It would have happened in 99. Would have happened. Um, you know, that, that year, Florida State and Virginia Tech were were 1-2. I think Virginia Tech was undefeated at that point. I'm not 100% sure. Pretty sure they were. Um, well, I mean, you had an undefeated Auburn later on in life. Well, yeah, not, in 2004. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that was like the... 
the beginning. That was like the first. That was where the seed of the playoff was sort of planted, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, ninety nine. I mean, that Auburn team also. I think they started the year uh, relatively high, where a state. You know, in ninety nine was was unranked when they started the season. I'm trying to see if Virginia Tech was uh, was indeed undefeated. They were. They were undefeated going into the national championship game. Michael Vick at quarterback. He was good. He was better than good. <laughs> I mean, but if you have an 11 and 0 Mississippi State team, then they go to the SEC championship game. Who did Alabama play that year? I don't even know. Um, I'm assuming did it's Tennessee Florida. It was Florida. It was Florida. Okay. It was Florida. But Florida was a uh, four loss team at that uh, that season. They were not. That was not Spurrier's best team. So you would have felt good they about were, they were, chances. They were nine and two coming into the game. I say that though. They were nine and one, and then they lost to Florida State, lost to Alabama, and then lost in their bowl game to Michigan State. So they weren't bad. I mean, this wasn't a bad Florida team, but I still think you would have liked State chance. This is the same Florida team, by and large, that State would beat at home the next year. You had the nation's top defense. You're going to feel pretty good about that. I mean, how different is the perception of MSU's football program if they won back-to-back West championships there? I mean, we'll never know. But I mean, how? Does it change the end of Cheryl's tenure for the next three, four years? If State is back-to-back SEC West Champion, maybe they win the SEC. Yeah, he has the SEC Championship. I mean, it's a l- you, you go into the next, which, I mean, they were pretty good the next year. That was Snow Bowl year, of course, yeah. the next year. They, yeah, and but then they, they, they just they fell off. That of, year. Yeah, and then they just went. And a part of that is because, recruiting-wise, things got away from them. Yeah, would and, it have gotten away from them? Had I don't know. You know, you, you missed out on a lot of quality guys. And the, some of the Mississippi guys you signed, I mean, Dante Walker was a bust. The Thompson twins were busts. I mean, Derek Thompson wasn't bad. Uh, Kevin Fant, God bless him, played his heart out. But he has he had nobody in front of him. You know, Ray, Ray Ray Bivens and Antonio Hargrove, I mean, they just, it just didn't pan out the way you wanted it. So you went heavy on Juco in the 01 class. And a lot of those guys just didn't pan out. You know, and you were left. And that turned into, and two years later, you didn't have any depth. So, it's it's a big butterfly effect. But I think if nothing else, we can take away from I think State would have been the SEC champions that year. And maybe that does change a lot of things, you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we now look at... I'm trying to think. what What's the best... Let's go back the last, I don't know, quarter century, 25 years or so. Would you say that that 2014 team is – do they get the nod as the best, even though they didn't play for the SEC title that year? I mean, they rose to number one in the – what's the best Mississippi State team of the last 25 years? So we're going back to 1995. Like um, or you can take it back to 90. I don't care. I mean, it's between 99 I'm and – I'm basically saying my lifetime, which yeah, would be 85 on. It's but. Well, I mean, 85 to, to 90. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm – it's only between two teams. It's between 99 and 2014. Yeah. Um, 2014 was far better offensively. 99 was far better defensively. Um, if they played each other, you know, all things being considered, because, you know, you have to take into account athletes are just different. <sighs> I don't know who I would pick off the top of my head. I know. I don't either. I mean, what I, was... I tend to think that Smoot and Bean could lock up Darunia Wilson and Fred Ross and those guys. Uh, you know, and I think the you know, state would have struggled to move the football. Talking about Dak, you know, that defense was so good. I think they would have been able to get to Dak Prescott. But by that same token, you know, state was just better offensively. I don't know what I'm going with here. The route I'm taking is if Pick Brather, if that if that's not called, yeah. and state wins this game, and they do move on and win the SEC championship. This is probably the undisputed best team in school history. Yeah, no question. It's already a top five team. Yeah. I mean, if you said the top five teams in state history are probably 40, 41, 14, 99, and now you just pick one, you know, uh, 80. You could say 98, even though they lost five games. They did win the West. I mean, you got some options there. But top the top four are really easy for me. 40, 41, 14, and 99. And that's not necessarily in order, obviously. But if they win the SEC championship, they are the, easily the greatest team in Mississippi State history. They, they overtake the 40 SEC, 41 SEC championship teams. They overtake the 40 team that went undefeated. Yeah. There's no question about that. 
all for one blown call. So people wonder why I'm hard on the officials. <laughs> Stuff like this. All right. And if you're wondering, well, I'll, I'll save that for the end of all this. Go ahead. Next one. Okay. Next. Uh, let's go basketball. We said, what if Cam Newton had signed with Mississippi State? I think you guys might figure out what I'm going getting at here. We're going to go the opposite, right? What if Renardo Sidney doesn't sign with Mississippi State? Well, first off, the, the first butterfly effect is whoever he signed with was going to have NCAA trouble. So UCLA, USC, doesn't matter who that team was, they were going to hear about it from the NCAA. I firmly believe Renardo Sidney's signing is what set the end of the Stansberry era in motion because yep. it put it 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 was a it was it's like introducing a cancer and it killed everything it touched. You know, it killed the team chemistry, it killed the locker room. You know, you had a guy that you didn't have who didn't really have any business playing, having you were having to play him because that's the situation you put yourself into. Um, and you saw his talent, you saw flashes of it. Had he had he been if he had had Michael Jordan's mentality, the guy would have been an all American. But he didn't. He had Ronald McDonald's mentality. Not that I can complain. You know, I'm a fat guy myself, but nobody's counting on me for anything but putting on podcasts. <laughs> was it on Six Pack that he was uh, a McDonald's All American, but he was more McDonald's than all of me? Basically. Something? Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so, what happens if he doesn't sign with Mississippi State? Is Rick Stansbury, does he I think survive? He certainly had a better shot to. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then you, you you play that out down the road a little bit. Even if he's here, say, a year longer than he was, you may not have ended up with Rick Ray. Yeah. So at the very least, even if it wasn't something that extended him long term, it could have bought him maybe another year or so. And if anything changes on that timeline, maybe Rick Ray's not that higher. And maybe you don't get that three years of of whatever that three years was under Rick Ray. And in maybe State digs out of the little lull it would have had a lot quicker. You could play that out so many different ways. But, I mean, if you don't have Renardo Sidney, you don't have a fight over in Hawaii. Right. You, you don't have a lot of stuff that was the, you know, the match to the gasoline that just torched the Stansbury era. Right. All indications are the Stansbury's last team, which would have been the 11-12 team, fell apart because of the locker room, and that Renardo Sidney was a big part of that. So if he's not there and that locker room stays together, that team was ranked 15th in the country at one point. They were going to go to the NCAA tournament and probably be a relatively high seed in doing so. So maybe they hold it together. And then Stansbury, he's definitely not getting fired. He's not getting fired the next year. Because, because the next year, Rodney Hood probably stays. And you know, if you don't have all this this going on, and then you you know you're you're definitely rebuilding a bit because you know you're going to bring in Sword and Thomas and Ware and those guys, but it's just it's it's definitely a different feel to things. Um, and so he's probably not if he, even if he is let go, he might have just been let go. Let's say that they go to the tournament right, and then the next three years are exactly what played out under Rick Ray. You know, he's still not getting fired until the end of that. So you might have still had the Howland era. But it would have been taken over for Stansberry. And here's the thing I can I can almost guarantee about Stansberry. He would have recruited better than Rick Ray. Yep. He would he would have just gotten better players. You know, nothing against some of the players that Rick Ray got. I know they they they, they worked hard. I always liked IJ Reddy. But they were not, for the most part, SEC basketball players. You know, they they just weren't. Rick Ray was not a plus recruiter. He wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to recruit the way you have to. And you see what I'm getting at. And it's, it's just the way that it is. He did get Q. He did get Q, but Q was so under undervalued. Yeah. You know? I mean, nobody nobody was looking at Quindary Weatherspoon. Everybody was looking at Malik Newman that year. He was not going to get Malik Newman. He didn't get Devin Booker, who was in the state. And you know, could Stansbury have gotten Devin Booker? I don't know. But I would have felt better about my chances of getting him if Stansbury was the head coach. So Sydney basically took at least four years off of Rick Stansberry's career at Mississippi State. If you don't sign him... I mean, and I, and, I mean, you can make a case he ruined 10 years of Mississippi State basketball. Yeah. 
I mean, you can make a legitimate case. Right. How many players in any sport can you say that player may have ruined a decade of that program's history? Not a lot. And I'm talking about any sport, any team, anywhere. And that, maybe that's too much to put on the kid, because I guess he was still technically, if you want to call him a kid when he was here, you could have. That maybe that's maybe that's too harsh. I, I don't I don't know. But if you want to have that discussion, you could certainly have that discussion. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. He he. I think of all the players MSU signed through the years, that. He is the one who did the most damage to the program of any of them. There's no football player, there's no baseball player, there's no other player that took what was at that point a winning program and turned it into a dumpster fire. It's also easier for that to happen, I would guess, in basketball too, because, I mean, so few guys. Um, you know, in football, it'd be tough for like one guy to take down a team for 10 years when there's, what, 85 on the roster. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. I, I think that'd be a little tougher to do. But, but yeah, it's, what a, what just a wretched signing. Yeah. I mean, it, it's. And it's, at the time, though, you thought this was the guy who was going to take you to the next level. He was an McDonald's All-American, five-star player. You know, had been, sort of, we talked about these players you hear about. You'd been hearing about him when he was at Piney Woods back in the seventh, eighth grade. You're like, this is the next guy, and State's going to get him. Then he went to California, you're like, okay, he's not going to come to Mississippi State. I remember being on campus the day he visited, and I saw him drive by with Stansbury on the golf cart. I was like, that was Renardo Sidney. Is he on, Is he visiting? Is this going to happen? And when he signed, there was a lot of joy. Like, this is, he's the guy. So not only, we're not only talking about a player who just hurt Mississippi State, but he was thought you thought he was going to be this great player. It's not like when they brought him in, you thought, oh, well, what, what's going on? This is a terrible idea. Everybody thought it was a great idea. So, so I, I guess my question, I wonder how much... Stans couldn't have known what was about to happen by bringing him in, or you don't bring him in, right? Right. Oh, there's no way, yeah. And, and so, yeah. I, I don't know, maybe... It will forever, and it's why we're doing it here, be be one of the great what-ifs. Uh, I guess I'm saying it. I don't know. that. Can you blame Stans for trying to bring in a five-star McDonald's All-American? No. It's sort of like we talked about with Moorhead. The resume is great. It just didn't work out. But this really didn't work out. <laughs> Simple as that. So, All right. We've got a baseball one that, I mean, I think this is sort of an obvious one. But it, it changes a ton if it goes the other way. And that's what if Elijah McNamee swings through that changeup and strikes out down in Tallahassee. Who's the head coach of Mississippi State right now? It's not Chris Lomonas, I don't think. I think it's Jim Schlossnagel. See, I don't know how far down the road that went. I don't know how much those negotiations and things change, but it certainly seems fair to say that there's a chance Maybe even a good chance that Lamonis isn't is not the guy. Yeah, today. I, I don't feel like I don't feel like he was. I mean, because as we sat there in the press box at Tallahassee, um, I mean, there was there were moments over the course of that week where all of us were convinced that Schlossnagel was going to be the guy any moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a, somebody tweeted something about Schlossnagel, and they, and they added him, and he liked it. And I was like, why is he? Why else would he do this? Yep. They're talking about him coming to Mississippi State. Elijah McNamee is just some random guy if he doesn't hit this home run. He's just... Yeah, because he doesn't hit the one in Vandy if he doesn't right, hit this one. Right. You know, you don't go to Omaha. The, the, he's, Eli- not, he's not big hit Mac because he's you not. don't have those two walk-off he is no big. He is, and- he is not big hit Mac. What's Mangum's legacy? Oh, you know? yes, good question. You know, people want to talk about him and the way that he, you know, sort of carried this team and the way, you know, there was so much grit and, and you know, and all that. And then it's just, oh, well, he just went out 2-Q and Q in the regional. I mean, don't you perceive him differently? Perceive almost everybody on that team differently. Maybe so. It, it depends on what Mangum ultimately ended up doing. Um, because I know in 2018, I wrote a story at the end of – after his the final regular season game at Duty Noble. I think everyone, Jake Mangum included at that point, kind of thought, 
2018 was his swan song. And then he ultimately made the decision to come back for his senior year in 2019. So he, he got to have that one last ride anyway. And if they end up getting to Omaha anyway in 2019, maybe it doesn't change all that all that much. But I think when I think back to that, it goes back to what you mentioned initially. I think that you might have a different head coach, which means if you have a different head coach, you may have different recruits, different players, different different stuff. Mm. Um, I I would love to have John Cohen sitting next to me right now, yeah, and and give him the old truth peel, <laughs> and and say, ask him this question, yeah. ask him if state loses and you don't get that extra, whatever it was, two weeks, three weeks, almost. two three weeks, yeah. yeah. Who who do you think would be the head coach today? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's a different situation. I mean, I, I really do believe that, and that's one of the, that's one of those weird situations where everything worked out for the best. Doesn't happen very often, but obviously, you know, hitting that home run allowed the team to make the run into Omaha. It built some people's legacies. Mangum, McNamee, for sure. Maybe Ethan Small too a little bit, because otherwise, you know, Ethan Small is. Well, yeah, he had a he had that one good season, but he actually became the ace of that team in the postseason. Mm-hmm. He pitched really, really well. Yep. Um, you know, Jordan Westberg's. You know, do you think about that grand slam? You know, what what is he if he doesn't? I don't know. And then I I have said before, I really think Lamonis is like is the right guy for the MSU job. I think his temperament is perfect for what MSU baseball needs to be. Mm-hmm. Not to he doesn't ever get too high or too low. And and he just he's just he's just steady, man. He's just he's just steady like a rock. I really like him. I think he's I think he is he's a guy that when he was hired, I didn't know who the hell he was. I remember they said they're hiring him. I was just I had to literally had to Google him. Like who is Chris Lamonis? Never heard of him. And I think that was the reaction of a ton of people in the fan base. But I think people know now that he is he has definitely got the right mindset and mentality to be the head coach of Mississippi State yeah. baseball. Well, to be fair to Lamonis a little bit here, um, I kind of see college baseball to an extent like I do uh, women's basketball in that outside of the sports, like top ten coaches or so that are consistently like Omaha every year or whatever, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know the names you know, outside the top ten or so coaches in, in college baseball. Like right now, if I told you you know, name me ten coaches outside the SEC. I bet you'd have tr- trouble doing it for baseball. Yeah. Oh, you made me, you made me. outside be, the it, SEC. Yeah, outside the. It'd be tough. Um, I mean, it'd be tough for me. I know Schlossnagel's at T- TCU. I know Dan McDonald is that. Uh, yeah, Schlossnagel, a consistent College World Series guy. Yeah, McDonald, same consistent College World Series. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, Mike Martin's son. I don't know his, his first name. He's at Florida State though. Um, Tim Tadlock is at Texas Tech. College World Series guy though. He goes a lot. Um, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah. So to be fair to Chris Lamonis, you got to really be into college baseball to but know everybody. If you go back to you know, and I, I remember you know, debating this with a lot of people. But when John Cohen's comments that he made about that oh, yeah. hire, yeah, that you that you were led to believe it was going to be one of those kind of Omaha experience, yeah, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And, and what Cohen said later was like, you know, hey, there are assistants with Omaha experience yeah. and people who played there. And and uh, it certainly worked out, but I, I I tend to think that there's a different guy in the dugout if McNamee strikes out. And I'm with you. I I think that it probably is too. And I, and but in, I think that's a situation where Mississippi State hit the jackpot in more ways than one. I yeah. mean, with getting that homer, getting that moment, getting that College World Series run. Yeah. And then you end up getting Chris Lamonis too, who, like you said, I feel like fits Mississippi State. John Cohen talks about fit all the time. Yeah. And and you mentioned a lot of it there, but I do feel like Chris Lamonis maybe I'm thinking he's he of the four big coaches, the yeah. four big sports. Well he, I don't know enough about Nikki yet. I don't know enough about Nikki yet. But, I would have said Vic before. Yeah. But now yeah. But Lamonis. right now with the uncertainty about Nikki and hadn't mm-hmm. seen yet, I feel like Lamonis is the slam dunk best fit right now. For the for the actual answer though is whose legacy is affected the most is is obviously Elijah McNamee, because I put him on the greatest bulldog back bracket, one of the sixty four greatest MSU athletes of all time. If he doesn't hit that home run, and the rest of his career doesn't play out the same way, I don't know that I put him in the top sixty four players of the two thousand tens in baseball. I mean, 
He's just another guy at that point. What was he? I mean, going into that game, what's he hitting like two fifty? Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember. But he's. I mean, he was just a average player who became a legend. I mean, the first half of the season, if I remember right, he wasn't even playing. Wasn't starting, yeah. Um. But yeah, and, and like we said earlier, if he doesn't hit this homer, he doesn't hit the Vandy homer. Right. And if he doesn't hit either one of those homers, he doesn't have the legacy that he has when he steps to the plate and hit that Stanford homer. Right. I mean, it, that's still been yippee Kaye three-run homer, but yeah. it was the emotional moment that it was because of who hit it. Big hit Mac that did hit the homer in Tallahassee and did hit the homer at me. It does. It changes his legacy Completely. immensely. Completely. All right. Last one here. Uh, our last uh, football one here. One I've talked about a, a bunch of times, and that's what if Ole Miss wins the 2008 Egg Bowl by less than 14 points? I guarantee you, if we could go back in time, knowing what we know now, and Houston Nutt could find a way to lo- win that game 21-10, to 10, he would have done it. He would have been like, look, guys, we're just going to run the ball straight up the middle. You fall down after you get three yards. Something. you know, Telling his quarterbacks, just throw it out of bounds. Once he was up, because like they can't score on us, but we cannot blow them out because that set everything into motion. This one game changed the the face of football in this state forever. It did. It did. I mean, as we sit here today in 2020 with words like we started this show with I me mean, kicking around the word tampering and tampering. stuff like that. I don't know between these two schools that may have been thrown around anyway, but state being the what consistent bowl team or what i mean since that game since that butt whooping in oxford in 2008 every mississippi state season has either ended in a bowl game or as it did in 2009 a we coming moment you know so in that, that 2009 game was the only non-bowl game you know, of course of the of the whole stretch so and you felt darn good after that one so this you're right this is the tipping point of where we sit today with, with Mississippi State football and Ole Miss football even. Because um, if Dan Mullen never shows up in Starkville, what does this rivalry turn into? Is it one-sided? Is Ole Miss the hammer and State's the nail for the as we sit here today over the course of the last day? I don't know. But, uh, you know, many of you out there, I, I'm sure Brian being amongst you, celebrating the fact that not that state lost the egg bowl in 2008 but that the end result was the the crew mayor did get did get put to bed and, and state hired the what's got right now got to be considered the best football coach in school history right I, I i've said it many times i think that if state loses a close game here that Kroom is definitely back the next year because he had a great recruiting class lined up that Mullen was able to hold together and add some things to. I don't know that Bumpus comes in, which is you know a, a key player for MSU for the next four years. But he had his quarterback in Tyler Russell. He had a running back that was highly rated. He ended up not doing anything, but Montrell Connor was a big big time recruit. Fletcher Cox, Josh Boyd, Jonathan Banks, all those guys are already committed. Um. And honestly, you know, a lot of what you what happened to you in two thousand and eight, you could sort of write off as look, Kroom couldn't control that Anthony Johnson and Michael Brown were going to get kicked off of, out of school. You lost your starting left tackle and your best, basically your best defensive player, maybe your best, if nothing at worst, your best defensive back. So, if you, you know, you, those, are, those are reasonable. Are they excuses? Sure, but they are reasonable reasons to say, look, if, if this team comes back and he has Brown and he has Johnson – and Jamar Chaney doesn't get hurt in the first game, then you're probably a, a better team. You're probably a 7-5 and five team, and you feel like you're building things in the right direction. But Ole Miss made it untenable for him. They beat State so badly. The State quit in that game. I mean, Tyson Lee didn't quit, and I thought he was going to get killed out there. But I've always heard that Wes Carroll played a few series and was like, nah, because I think he knew he was leaving. You know, and then give Chris Ruff all the credit in the world for going out there. But State could not do anything on that day. It was unbelievable. Uh, and so they made it they made it impossible. Sort of the same way with Moorhead. Even though Moorhead won the game, people were fed up with it at that point. 
if if State loses a close game and you and you know it's it goes down in the fourth quarter and Ole Miss just scores and wins the game, then I think people are like, all right, well, you know, one more year of Croom, he's got this recruiting class coming, and we'll see what happens. But at forty-five nothing, and that's one of those rare forty-five nothing games where the score makes it seem closer than it actually was. Anybody who's at that game can tell you that Ole Miss could have won a hundred to nothing that day. Mm-hmm. They somehow let up. That, the uh, the many happy returns going on the Jumbotron, this was the start of the Jumbotron Wars. Uh, they Greg Byrne, he had egg on his face. He's like, I can't go forward like this. So, if, if Ole Miss wins that game close, Mullen's never, or Mullen might get, Mullen's never hired. I'll say, I'll say yeah, right now. I don't now. think he is. Because somebody else would have picked him up. Somebody else would have got him. Yeah. I don't know who your coach, maybe Mark Hudspeth, I don't know. You know, if Kroom falls on his face again in 2009, which he likely would have, you know, in, think about 2009 under Kroom. It seems fair to think that even though he had Tyson Lee, that Tyler Russell probably starts as a true freshman. You know, I mean, and he was not ready to do so. You know, you don't have, you still don't have any great receivers. You don't have, and you don't have Chad Bumpus. You know, I mean, you still got Dixon back there, but I don't know. It's easy to draw out a bad, bad, bad scenario had he stuck around for another year. Oh yeah, I mean you. Can, I mean we we sit here today talking about this. I mean, I don't know that you could draw out the last decade based on on one game, but you could possibly kind of like men's basketball had a decade of nothing. Had had that continued, I mean, you might have had at least another half decade of nothing. I, I, that's that's probably fair to say. Yeah, you probably definitely don't have a number one team in the country in 2014. No. Yeah, everything that you know about MSU football is different. Every single thing. If this game, I'm telling you, I mean, the only question they didn't is, have to win. The if only, they just played close. I think Kroon gets another year. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The only thing you might could say is, does Greg go ahead and fire Kroon anyway if it's 2110? I, I don't think he does. I th- I'm kind of like you. I kind of think it was so bad you just had to act. Um, but that's the only caveat I would say is yeah. is would he have fired him anyway, even if it was close? <sighs> Maybe. Maybe I don't. I don't. I don't believe in my heart that Greg Byrne went to Oxford that day intending to fire Sylvester Croom. I think he went up there thinking, okay, it's going to be a str- t- struggle for State to win this game, but. Regardless, we're gonna we're gonna get through this with Kroom. Well, usually, and then Ole Miss made that impossible to do. Well, usually you know kind of how this works too. I mean, this kind of stuff isn't often made completely by one man's judgment. I'm sure that probably some folks, after oh. seeing their school, their alma mater oh. that they give money to, yeah. get skull drug in Oxford, F- called Greg Byrne and, and phone said, calls were made. <laughs> People in the skybox made their 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 opinions known. I'm quite sure of it. And but the, again, I think those same people did not go to Oxford that day thinking yeah. we're going to fire Croom at the end of this. Yeah. But then something then it happened, and he didn't have any choice in the matter. So, for what ifs? Yeah, and what I was going to say earlier. If you got is, any, by the way, if you got any what ifs, let me hear them. I would yeah, love to. We'll come back. A few we didn't talk about there, and and we we did bandy them about a little bit. It was like the 2014 Alabama game. Yeah, but the, and, well, there's and no like, moment in that game where I say. Flip yeah, this play. I, I think I said something about there was a third down where with Blake. Yeah. What a state stops him there. State stops him in there. the fourth quarter. And uh, if honestly for me, the play in that game is Josh Robinson taking the safety, or that, the early safety, yeah. and, or if they call that fumble, uh, I think in the second quarter where Alabama scores, but they, it was pretty clearly a fumble. It, yeah, that's one of those things. What if we talked we, about the fourteen egg bowl? About the fourteen egg bowl. If state wins that, do they can they play stay in the playoff? Yeah, you know. You know what's funny about that is if they if they, even if they had won that game, let's say they don't go to the playoff, right? They're still fifth. They still play. They play the exact same game. They play the Orange Bowl. They're still that's that they would have still been there. So, yeah. not a, not a whole lot to that. All right. Before we get out of here, a congratulations is due. Two months worth of voting. Want to first of all, I want to thank all of y'all. You made this a lot of fun. There was a lot of uh, good debate. A lot of you know. Well, I think we had a good time with it. 
Over 7,000 votes in the final. 7,209 votes is the final. Dak Prescott, 55% of the vote. Jake Mangum made a, a valiant comeback. He was down 65-35 on Sunday. He cut into it by 10%, but it was just too big of a hill to climb. I think when we started this, we all knew that this was going to be the winner. I was just interested to see how we got there. But it was a lot. I, th- I really enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You seem to. You seem to have fun with it. For the most part, there were some of you who take it way too seriously, but that's true about everything. <laughs> so, Dak Prescott, you've got a $10 Strange Brew gift card coming to you, buddy. I'm going to send it to you uh, as soon as I can, and uh, we'll get that to you. Or we could do you one better. You know, if you want to come by the, the, the we, studio. Yeah, and I got a better just... idea. I got a better idea. I'm not going to send him a gift card. I'll just do him and brew it for it. There you go. I will brew for it for Dak Prescott any drink of his choice. And he has to, you know, only valid for pickup at the Highway 12 location of Strange Brew Coffee House. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. If Dak Prescott walked in the Highway 12 location of Strange Brew, he was probably getting his coffee for free anyway. Probably. <laughs> but now you can get two. <laughs> yeah. You say that, the guy's about to sign a $40 million contract. He can pay for coffee, but not this time. This Dak, this one's on me. Congratulations. The greatest bulldog of all time. Maybe he'll toss you a million. For, for, for I don't even need a million. I don't even a million. Just pay my house off. Like, like six, low, very low six figures. We'll call it a day. Yeah. Call it a day. I don't think that's going to happen. So, All right, tomorrow's show, we are doing a deep dive into the 1990-91 Mississippi State basketball team, the SEC champions. Coach Richard Williams will join us. Greg Carter will join us. we got a lot to talk about with those guys. We're going to deep dive into a season which I'd probably just somewhere in the year or so before this maybe quit peeing my pants or so. So... You know, no, 1990, 1991, not, not, not 2019. Ha, ha, ha. You got me. I got you there. All right, so we'll do that tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. And also, don't forget, Mike Leach joins Joel and I. That podcast will be up in the afternoon on Thursday. Check that out. We'll talk football. Not, not crazy stuff. Football, believe it or not, with Mike Leach on Thursday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We appreciate it. For Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to the Thunder. Yeah, you got me thrown off. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.